0: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Hey
1: Brooke, how you doing?
2: Hi, I'm good, how are you doing?
0: I
1: am good. So good to have you uh, Monday morning to start with With this Girl is on Fire song. Just sound, sounds like perfect for you.
2: I mean, a little bit of Alicia Keys can do no wrong on a Monday morning. This is perfect. No doubt about it.
1: No doubt about it. All right. <laughs> so I will figure out a way to pause this in a second. But, man, this, uh, this is one of our favorite. Even my son, who's nine, he would play that song on piano. It's pretty cool. Well, he's
2: amazing.
1: Yeah, it is That's- so cool. Yeah. You know, so if, if people are like, you know, if you have kids and, you know, as we are seeing, Megan, Wendy, uh, Samit, uh, Tasha, you know, thumbs up. Thanks for joining in. Uh, as you, if you, any of you have kids and if you're wondering like, well, what are they doing all day? We got this app on, uh, it's called Simply Piano and mm-hmm. it is, you can play it on your phone. You can play it on your iPad and it will, it's, it's fully gamified, right? So, as, as, uh, and there are all these songs. So you, as soon as you select a song, let's say he's trying to play Rocky or something like that, which is what I really want him to play all day long. Anyway.
2: Not absolutely. Every time you walk into a room.
1: Exactly. <laughs> right? So 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 he got so as it plays, he can play the song uh, with it. And it, it actually gives you, like, are you doing it good or not? And it gives you three stars. So it's gamified. So sometimes he would sit there for like half an hour to an hour and just keep playing songs. It's pretty cool.
2: See, I could make that work. I took piano for, I don't know, like six or seven years. Maybe not quite that long. Maybe three. It just felt like six or seven. And I remember praying, please, God, let me break my arms so I don't have to keep doing this. And it worked. I broke my arm and I quit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you are going to ask, I want to tell you how you
1: broke it. And as people jump in just now, we were going to get into all things marketing today with <laughs> uh, with Brooke, because Brooke has been doing this for a while. She has a very successful agency here in town, Atlanta, um, called Market Wave. Um, she was also the CEO of a company that I knew uh, back in the days, um, uh, Kevy, right? Yeah, back in the day. Um, and so, so we're gonna get go a lot of really interesting things what they're doing as an organization. I also love the culture you're building in. But tell me, how did you break your arm to get out of piano?
2: Tennis. So it was another extracurricular activity. The the whole drill was I was supposed to run to the net, and it was teaching us how to run backwards on your toes so you don't fall. And I listened very well, clearly. Um, I did not run backwards on my toes. I ran and backwards fell, broke my arm, and the, the coach gathered everyone around. He goes, so I want all of you to see this. This is what you're not supposed to do. Do you see why she's on the ground? You're not supposed to do this. And I remember looking up and being like, I broke my arm. And he was like, no, I did. I did. I broke my arm. <laughs> so did you
1: still play tennis? <laughs> oh, I did. Arm again. I thought you were going to break your arm again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm very coordinated.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, no, we, this morning we all are. Uh, so do you still play tennis?
2: No, no. I mean, I can I can hit a ball, but I, I am nowhere near as good as I should be.
1: Yeah, I, I hear you. That is one of my favorite things to do. If I could do it, I will do that all day long. If you ask me I could run it, I, Yeah. I totally right. enjoy it. Yeah. All right. So, Brooke, um, you're a speaker, you're a marketing expert, you have it in communications, um, you're CEO of this incredible marketing agency, and I know your customers, uh, just like ours, they're asking questions. Uh, We were talking a few minutes ago, all the different things that are happening, some are pausing, some are doing different things. So, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about yourself, your background, and then we are going to jump in some, some really I think both strategic and tactical questions of how people can get through this from a marketing perspective. And and think there's a lot of marketers at least listening to this right now. So I'd love for you yeah. to just share a little bit about yourself.
2: So background, grew up in Georgia, went to the University of Georgia, um, loved it, ended up uh, going out to San Francisco for a while and working for a startup out there. Um, it was a startup, but it was based on communications and PR, I graduated with PR, um, and I helped lead, nationwide PR campaigns for Fortune 500 companies. Um, so I honestly looking back now have no clue how they let a 23 year old 24 year old be a spokesperson for these massive Fortune 500 companies but it was um, and got to do fun things like bring in the big checks and speak to different uh, regions bring in all the media and all the press. Um, so I did a lot with media but I also was traveling about 32 weeks a year um, mm-hmm. for a couple of years and it's exhausting. I mean, you think travel's very glamorous and it's really fun. It's not. Anyone who's done it for you know a, a little bit knows that it is. It's exhausting and, and it can get very lonely too. Um. So ended up moving back here, worked for PGI, um, and then David Cummings sold his company ParDot. Um. Ended up starting Kevvy. Was CEO of Kevy for a little while and started Marketwake. And Marketwake is a digital marketing agency really geared towards. Strategy, how do we work alongside of you to to help create a strategy based on your unique audience? And then the, the I'm, I've always been kind of a math person, a, a data person. So really, our thing is combining analytics and creativity. How do we how do we merge that right and left brain, which is really funny? You're we talking about that a little bit earlier. Um, but how do we take the data and actually learn from it? And, and instead of saying, I feel like this works really know or at least have educated guesses and then be able to more accurately double down on what's working and and pivot from what's not. Um, so it's really allowed us to um, build great relationships with our clients. I mean we actually still um, we started about five years ago we still have our very first client on board um, which is amazing and we've seen companies some of our clients grow from under a million to 10 plus in the past five years. So it's been it's been amazing.
1: Wow. Now, uh, and it is mostly B2B or B2C combination?
2: It's a ton of B2B. Um we do have a lot of B2C, um, but the majority in our bread and butter has really been in B2B. Um I know it and 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 the funny thing is it's we have an incredible creative department, and I think one of the things that we do is actually bring some of the human creativity and human elements into B2B. Um and then and then we do have some who are B2C. So um, those are the ones who have taken the hardest hit through all of this, where our B2B, uh, you know, a lot of them are used to working from home. They're used to software, they're used to digital sales, um, where our B2C companies, were, we're really helping as much as we possibly can through this.
1: I hear you. I um, So one of the things, and again, uh, uh, Chad, and Mohed, Nicholas, Sean, Jay, Robert, uh, Jen, Shamir, I mean, this is a lot, Steve. Uh, Desi, Wendy, yeah. it's so awesome to see all of you. I mean, I, I really enjoy I think we're getting this uh, the, a great group from London, from uh, from India, from Chicago, from Belgium, from Indy, from Toronto, uh, as people are from Louisiana, from UK, uh, Houston. So it's, it's from all over the it. place, awesome. And, and you all, I, mean, I put a link in there if you wanna jump in and just have a face-to-face question with, uh, with Brooke, just jump in. I'll just pull you into the stream. So. So one of the things I wanted to—I know you and I were going back and uh, back and forth on what topic we talk about. One of the things that you have done very interestingly in your organization—you have a Salesforce department mm-hmm. within your uh, within your team. So yeah, talk to us about like what does that mean? How does, why did you do that? A
2: great question. Out of necessity. And necessity. So when we're when we're working with a lot of our clients, we're bringing in leads. I, I mentioned before, we, we work with data all the time. Um, we have an analyst who came from Cox. He's incredible. Um, so we're trying to figure out what is the actual funnel look like. So everything from engagement to conversion to opportunity creation and then ideally close one. We could track all of that. From the marketing standpoint, if they were using a marketing automation system, or or even through our own, we'll implement Tag Manager and Google Analytics, so we could track it up until the point where we pass it over to sales if it was B two B, and then it was going into this nebula Salesforce, um, and we would we would work with the team a little bit and try and figure out, okay, can you give us some feedback? Where are they going? How is your? And finally, with a lot of our clients, I just said. can give us access. Let us, let us mess with this. Let us actually build the dashboards that we need. Let us build the tracking that we need. So we actually took it for free and we weren't charging for this, but just, just so we could actually get accurate reporting because we're trying to show our worth and we're trying to show, Hey, the leads that we're getting are actually converting, but how do you know that if, if you can't have access to it? So we actually started building it out and then through that realized, we should charge for this. This is a really good thing. (laughs) Novel. Right. Um, and that actually ended up being a pretty sizable and substantial department. So now, um, it, it, grew out of, out of need and we were originally just helping our own clients. And now actually our Salesforce department, we're going into massive companies. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars, um, in revenue, Fortune 500 and we're actually auditing their entire systems, taking in um, all of their third-party assets, architecting a new solution, migrating and cleaning the data Developing it, training it, launching it, setting it live, and managing it after—I mean, it is—it's substantial work. We're working with massive companies, so honestly, on the Salesforce side, we're working with bigger companies than sometimes we are even with the marketing side. But as soon as one gets in, then you kind of realize, oh, the other one has a lot of value, and it it, it helps us across the board. Um, but you know, it's crazy that amount of people that don't have clear attribution, they don't have clear reporting. It's really hard to see how people convert in and, and to their credit. I mean, it is hard. Some people are looking at 15 different ads and then filling out 15 different forms and opening 30 different emails. So how do you track them across the board? And that's really what we're helping to, to build. And a lot of people think Salesforce is just for a CRM, but for the most part, what we're using it is also for customer success and customer service and marketing. So kind of that catch all. It is interesting
1: as you as you talk through it because everyone's Salesforce instance is messy um, as it can be. And give us a thumbs up or if you agree or disagree, just I would love to hear if anybody has a better like, no, we got a clean CRM. Like we got no problem, no debuts, um, no somebody tapping in the name of a company in like two different ways uh no no everything every campaign every contact is properly recorded. like just nobody has it right like just just that's that's the pain that most organizations have and it's a constant updating of it so i could clearly see a tremendous value for somebody to say you know what let, let us take that pain but i want to go deeper on this uh, a little bit brooke right now one of the rallying cries that that i have been sharing and we as an organization and tournaments have been sharing is that look helping is the new selling
0: mm-hmm.
1: right like you gotta figure out a way to help your customers and what it sounds like to me what you started to do was exactly that that turned into a business um, a, a sizable portion of your your business and i wonder right now as people from in marketing and in sales as people are listening into this as business owners are listening into it is how did you go about like you know what let's just let's just start helping here let's just help these customers of ours uh because i'm assuming at that time you probably didn't think that this is going to turn into a sizable business
2: no no had no idea and but that philosophy has been really a core value of ours since the get go of how do we help people and you know in marketing it's hard we have, we have a scope and we're working with inside that scope but all the time constantly people need things that are out, outside of scope and the last thing i wanted to do was create an agency where you're just nickeling and diming people all the time um so we go above and beyond constantly to figure out what is the most helpful what's going to actually add value and we the the other thing i would say um, I'm really proud of our team. We build very strong relationships. I mean, we are mm-hmm. our clients through this whole process. We've actually had teams who have either had a downsize or take pay cuts and we've stayed the same. We've stayed with them. And I think, you know, one of the reasons is because we build such strong relationships. I've been to baby showers for clients and weddings and we've go to adventure days with them. Like, we are their team. Um, and so helping them feels natural. Like it, it, it feels when you have a connection, when you actually see them as people, when you see them as a part of your own group, it isn't hard. It's not a decision to make. It just feels organic and figuring out other ways to help because the better they do, the better we do. And the deeper that relationship gets. And at the end of the day, those relationships, I mean, you know, I, I think what I'm seeing too, which I really like is a movement back towards relationship where it used to be a little bit more you know sales um, sales outreach and and let's see how many sales organic uh, or not organic but a uh, cold calls we can do and we lost some of that human connection and i think that that's coming back at least on the agency side it is unbelievably important um, so helping is just a part of a relationship and it should also be a part of the relationship within business and then you start realizing oh my gosh through helping we're experimenting so one of my favorite things to do is actually be super transparent with a client and say okay we have this new idea i have no idea if it's going to work or not can you we're not going to charge you and i think that they really appreciate that transparency instead of like charging them and then practicing on them um and then the other thing that we do is um we don't want to have to always experiment with our client's budget um that's hard and i also want to encourage our team to experiment as much as possible so we actually give every single account manager fifteen hundred dollars per client of our money for them to just go play like figure wow. out a new thing for their client. figure out, figure out some another channel that isn't in our scope that could actually be a value to them. Like you guys need to have the resources to go and test and build and be creative and grow. And they're not ever going to feel empowered if they have to go back to the client and be like, can you give me a little bit more? I just want to try something. Um, and that has been an, a huge success for us because now all of our account managers feel empowered and really excited to go find new channels that could help the client.
1: Yeah, I, I love this. Here's a couple of questions I'm getting from. Um, and, and Megan, I don't know if you can. I'm going to try to see if, Megan, I can put you in this. Uh, I see you coming in. So if you have a question, just jump in. I can see your face and I can pull you in in the stream. Uh, I have a question from Robert. Uh, he's talking about uh, R- Robert is the Senior Vice President of Marketing. He's, uh, he's, he's talking, he's asking when uh, digital campaigns are turned to full Digital. Uh, I'm assuming that's what you meant over there. Um, how do you humanize the digital engagement to help create personal bond or or invest in relationships? How do you create that humanizing uh, engagement? And I'm assuming you have a ton of customers and stuff. We're all probably asking similar questions, like, how do I change this? Digital still feels a little bit off. How do I create more humanizing personal engagement with them?
2: So two. Two ways, um, one from an ad perspective and one from a relationship perspective. Um, we preach get on the phone as much as possible. Call, talk, call as a call, 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 call. I would love if my team was on the phone, at least my account managers, almost all day, every day, because calling gives that sense of camaraderie, collaboration, um, and things get so lost in translation with email. Um, it's really powerful, but I mean, tone is missing, um, ideas are missing. And also uh, so a lot of people, you know, inbox zero, you're just trying to get the email out of your out of your view. And so you're not really putting a ton of thought into it, um, where if you call that person, even if you receive an email and you call them, um, even if it feels awkward, because I mean, we've got some clients where they're definitely not used to the phone call. And then here we are calling them being like, hey, what'd you think about this? And it takes a couple weeks to get them comfortable with the fact that like, that's just a part of our process is exactly. picking up the phone and calling and then they love it and then we're having to tell them please don't call us at 10 o'clock at night but i love you and i think you're amazing um and then <laughs> <from> the- <laughs> you're so great and i'm glad that we unleashed the the, the talkative monster in you. um yeah. but but it, it goes so much further, and then they feel like you know hey we're on the same side of the table our goal is in and, and everyone's goal on this should be you need to be on the same side of the table with your clients and whatever right thing comes in you guys are facing it together and that is that yeah. is true even when you're doing software like you don't have to be in the relationship or services business to to really adopt that concept of you no know, we're on the same side of our table with our clients and when they have a problem the best thing you can do is be like tell me about it even if it's a problem with your own software that's what we're telling our clients all the time. even if it's a problem you don't have to defend it tooth and nail and say oh i don't know about that you can say well wow tell me about that now how are you using it Hey, I have an idea for you and actually start brainstorming brainstorming. I think is one of the most underutilized and powerful things on a one on one to one basis because um, it just lets people feel heard and feel like they've got a lot of creativity um, to give and to offer. And sometimes people don't feel like that they can offer creativity in their jobs. Maybe their jobs are more analytical. So when you unlock that a little bit, it's really exciting. Um, the second way for ads. So we actually did a test and I was reading an article left brain and right brain ads. Um, for the past 10 years, left brain ads have really won. Um, so think of left brain ads as very direct, heavy calls to action, very practical, rhythmic music, not a ton of melody, um, really showcasing a product. So you've all seen that where you know it zooms in on the computer and you can see it and there's some rhythmic music behind it. And then it's just like, buy this. Um, over the past couple months, and honestly, the past, even before Corona hit. And now since Corona, it's even bigger. Um, that right brain ad is working exponentially better. So things that are more nostalgic, more people oriented. So they took two commercials for phones. One had the more rhythmic just showcasing the phone at Samsung. And then another one showed people talking in FaceTiming. Um, that outperformed it in every single market globally. Um, so I think wow. what people are looking for is how do you bring human connection and, and that connectedness back into your ads? So we tested that. We actually, one of our clients sells B2B coffee. So bulk, I think two roasters, two restaurants, okay. two hotels, they're selling B2B coffee. Well, we were expecting that to take a huge hit, right? Um, a lot of the coffee shops are closed right now. Right. Uh, the orders are probably going to be more minimal. We changed our ads a little bit, and one of the ads actually shows. And this just this goes to show, like you've got to be careful of, of what kind of a uh, feedback you're getting and it shows a big thing of coffee and someone's hand in it and it, it's kind of it's wet and slimy because when you're actually roasting coffee you know the process like you've got to clean it and all of these things um but it, it really showcased what the farmers are doing and, mm. and making it organic and clean and some people were writing comments this is disgusting i can't believe you should fire your marketing team that ad actually got 70 it, it I think it was like $70,000 in the first couple hours that it ran, and then ended up getting like a thousand percent ROI. Um, because we started showing, even though people were like, Oh, that's gross, I can't believe you're showing that. It's like if you know coffee and you know what that process is like, and then you can see how. Real people are actually really cleaning this and really harvesting it. You have a connection because you're the right audience. We're we're not marketing to the audiences who don't know that. Um, But if we showed that to the wrong people, they would have said, don't show that. We might not have. Um, So really knowing and figuring out how to add connection that they can relate to, I think, is really important.
1: Wow, that is a great example. I feel like that's the idea of knowing your audience uh, comes to life in that because I, I can imagine right now thinking about like hands in a cup. Co- I'm not a coffee person, so I like to me that just seems that would immediately say, so, "Wow, that that's why I don't like coffee." But to, to your odd the audience that you were trying to help this this customer with, they know coffee. They know what roasting is. They know what a good roast uh, of a coffee is, and what it takes to build it. Wow! Now that is yep. that is a true human connection. All right. So this is. Um, uh, Dirk, uh, D-I-R-K, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, um, his, his question is that, hey, look, I'm especially interested in how the sales professionals will work with the marketing materials now that life uh, of the sales visits to the offices and selling face-to-face is limited. I don't know, I mean, you, I mean, how big is your sales organization compared to your marketing and how, I mean, I don't know if you think about them as account managers or sales team and has that actually affected because we can't actually have you know, in-office with us
2: um it hasn't it actually hasn't had as much of an effect as i was originally expecting i think because we can do um calls like this and we can have that that face time. um we really encourage people to get on phone calls and Zoom calls as much as possible um which i kind of mentioned before it just it helps so much in order to do that and then the other thing there too is we were laughing earlier, so I'll tell you this story. I was actually on a uh, call not too long ago, and I didn't have my camera up. So we encourage you to have your camera up, even if it's a mess and a disaster. Um My dog is a 140-pound dog, and he was snoring right next to me, and I was being quiet. And they're just talking, and then one of them goes, "Can you believe? Did she fall asleep? Is she sleeping right now? Oh my god! <laughs> That's my man dog. <laughs> it's not." <laughs> but honestly I think the fact that like people are having kids run in the house now yeah. are, shattering. there's just chaos like embracing that chaos and being more normal and more realistic it's like sometimes you get nervous talking to the the CEOs and the C-suite and what I'm trying to tell people is just like lean in drink your coffee be real talk to them they're normal people they're also dealing with the exact same thing I think it's actually taken away that layer of um, of posturing if you will, if you don't posture as much, you're actually just going to be you. And the most authentic version of you is the one that everyone wants to see the most, no matter what. Um, So I think bringing some of that authenticity into business between your own teams and then your clients is a really cool impact out of all of this.
1: No doubt, no doubt. I uh, I think uh, I'm trying to recollect uh, who who mentioned this, but I don't know if it was Patrick Lencioni uh, who said, uh, when we were having this conversation, he's like, it's almost like unmasking yourself, like physically unmasking, imagining that like you've just unmasked this whole thing. And now you're not having boardroom conversations. You're you're actually in people's living rooms. And that is a very different level of conversation that's going on. All right. So Andy, actually, Andy, you have a couple of good zingers. He's like um, Andy uh, talked about like, if you don't close the sale, you open a relationship, as you talked about. You know, picking up the phones and stuff. So I love that quote: "If you don't close the sale, you open a relationship." Andy. So Andy, his question is: Isn't all outbound now inbound, aka digital marketing?
2: Um, a lot of it is, but there's absolutely still a place for outbound. Um, I you know, it's, I think that that outreach is still really important, and I dev- I wouldn't ever discredit it because we still see it working um, across. of our clients that said i think the style of outbound has to shift and is and has shifted where it needs to feel more personal instead of saying um this is who i am and here's my solution and here's why it matters and and then and talking too much like the worst thing you can do is talk too much whether that's an email or in sales or phone call um listening 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 is is vital um so outbound sales if you're Even asking, hey, how can I help or what do you think about this? Sometimes we actually we help um, sales teams write outbound cadences that one match our inbound practice, just feel more personal and human. Um, And some of the ones that work the best are a single line that just says, hey, here's a link to what I do. I would love your insight into whether it would be helpful for you Um, or hey, this is what I do. How can I help you? Um, literally one sentence things of just, of intercepting into their lives um, and and figuring out a way to be helpful and not too wordy. No one likes that in real life. Why would they like that in outbound email or phone calls? And then figuring out what, what they're about. What do they care about? Because their role, their background, what they experienced that day all matters. Um, so put the sale in the back of your mind. Like obviously, yes, we all want the sale. We all want the sale. Um, But if you're so focused on that, even your questions are going to feel a little contrived, like all roads are leading back to the sale, right? People pick up on that. All roads cannot lead back to the sale. Some roads just are there and exist and you need to enjoy the heck out of them while you're on it. Um, and so being authentic in that outbound sales process and getting people on the phone to really figure out how you can help and then maybe you can lead them back to the sale, but it might not be until call two and that is completely fine. Giving yourself a little bit more space and time to make that make that sale is, is warranted. Same thing with digital marketing. When we're looking at inbound, it typically takes 12 plus touches in order to get someone to raise their hand, right? Um, we need to have that same mentality with outbound where we realize, hey, it's going to take some time, even in conversation in order to get us there. But when we do get there, it's going to be a whole lot better um, for both of us. I
1: love that. And you, you're getting a lot of really good, um, good comments on this. W- one of the things that 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 I would also add to this idea of like is an all outbound now inbound is the idea that you just shared through an example a minute ago where you just knew your customer's audience. And therefore, you were able to create a, somewhat of a controversial ad, if you will, to just put it out there. And I'm sure you got a little bit of pushback either internally or from your customer and all that. And I'm sure you did some A-B testing and and to kind of figure out, hey, let me just prove this to you and then this, that, and the other. And I think right now, knowing your audience, which is, which is ultimately comes down to this knowing the right accounts that you want to go after is so crazily important. So what I'm seeing right now, Brooke, more than ever is, and I want to be very careful. This doesn't go back to like, well, because I love account-based marketing and, and I'm talking about account-based, but I want to be very careful. Is like, look, your inbound and outbound lines need to start blurring. In many more ways than ever. So, if your inbound is not, if your outbound outreach is not creating inbound, then your outbound is out of sync with your inbound conversations, right? And so, if you if you're if you're not creating content for the right type of accounts, we don't know your audience. You're gonna waste a lot of money. And right now, people just don't have have the money to waste. Yeah. So, so being really that example that you gave me just made me recognize the even more importance of like this is the time where you can actually do something that you always wanted to do when become a little bit controversial, go and take a risk and do something that you never did before because your audience is actually listening to all of it.
2: And they want to know that you get them. Like the, yeah. the funny thing is that, that one ad, there was a ton of people who,
0: Hey guys, said, oh. can you hear me? Cause I can't hear you now that I went into this backstage space.
1: Oh, we can hear you now. Can you hear us? Okay,
0: then I'll just ask the question and um, <laughs> all right. right, jump in. All right, jump so in. makeup list because I promised everyone that video oh. Oh. Would, introduce I you would get dog. on video without makeup on since video is the new handshake. And it's okay. early here. Um okay, so my question to you, Brooke, is our cadences are long, don't all lead all lead back to the Uh, sale right now. So what do you suggest for an SDR that isn't necessarily in control of the messaging to do, um, especially to to remain human and not lead back to the sale if we're running like sales lost cadences and it's all built out for us?
2: Do you have any ability to edit or build your own? I can't hear anyone.
1: Yeah,
2: I think you can.
1: For some reason, I don't know why she can't hear us, but we can hear you. Great, Megan. We can hear
0: you. Um, all right, I'm gonna jump out because I can't hear you, so I can't really.
1: <laughs> <all right. laughs> Let her jump out, but you can answer uh, answer that question.
2: So I my, my question back would be like, do you have any ability to edit at all? Because um, that would be ideal. You know, What works for one person isn't gonna work for all. So running the, for having everyone run the exact same cadence, it, it, especially, um, what works for me. I'm going to be way more personable and probably a little bit more talkative, say things like I would love to see that where, you know, someone else on my team would die if they ever wrote. I would love to see, hear hear more. Um, so figuring out ways and even bringing that to the manager. Um, I, I more than happy. Have- share some stats on personalization, but there's a billion out there. Um, bringing that to your manager and saying, hey, I feel very, very strongly. It's it's OK to bring that to your manager and ask and have that dialogue. The same thing that we, we'd be asking you to have dialogue with your customers, having that open dialogue with your team and being like, hey, um, can I try this? Marketing gets to A, B test. Can I A, B test? Um, especially if we're trying to combine marketing and sales and really make it more of a one single conversation, that's why we help people write cadences all the time is because the messages that we're putting out there for the inbound, for people to actually see us, aren't and weren't always matching with the people, the things that people were saying outbound, right? And so how do we, just to your point, Zingram, how do we mold those two together and really really work it? So I would, if if you don't have the ability to personalize, then take that to your manager and your team and ask them if, if they're open to A-B testing or if they're open to you testing some. Um, marketing does it, sales should be able to do it a little bit too. And then depending on where you take it from there, I mean, there's a lot of different options. Um, And then phone calls, the way that you leave voicemails, um, instead of doing the hey, this is my name, I'm calling about X. Like, hey, I just sent an email. I want to talk to you about this this concept, this thing that I have, um, really, I would just love to get to know you a little bit more. Um, I've I've looked, you've a really impressive resume, you've got a really impressive LinkedIn. And I'm just, I would just love to hear, you might not want what I have, that's totally fine. I'm just, I would love to hear from you. And make it about that person. And those voicemails are going to stand out way more than, you know, the the scripted ones. Um, So as much as you can, bring your own self. The last thing I'll say to that is, whenever I am selling, you've got to find your style. Like I said, Mm -hmm. Um, for me telling a story and making myself real and making fun of myself a little bit or, or showing that I don't have my walls up immediately makes it to where they take their walls down. Um, And I think that people mirror each other, whether they know it or not. And sometimes in sales, we're taught to mirror them. Right. But Mm -hmm. The reason why I say I push back on that a little bit is if you're mirroring them and they initially were mirroring you, you might be mirroring the wrong behaviors. So Mm -hmm. set that behavior the right way. First, take the walls down, be real, talk about yourself. And then the mirroring is more effective.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's a great response, uh, Brooke, I mean, and, and Megan can everybody give her a thumbs up for like having the courage to jump in and, I and out. I mean, that's really, really cool. Like I, I wish every a lot of people would do it because this is really a forum to, to just ask questions and learn from each other. So kudos to you, Megan, for doing that. And and keep, I don't know what happened with the mute, but we could hear you fine. Um, and her response, uh, all that was really great. The question is really important. To note, uh, of all the interviews I've done in, in congruence with where you're going, Brooke, like Megan Eisenberg, when she was on this, she was like, hey, look, they literally stopped all the cadences and said, we're going to create a new cadence altogether, right? Um, all of us, uh, uh, we had uh, Ryan uh, Bionacci, who's the, the CM of G2, And they said, Hey, look, we we essentially changed all the messaging within 48 hours. We just stopped and looked at it and said, we got to change everything in here because we're going to, we're going to come across as stone deaf if you don't do it. So I think it's a really important question, Megan. And I think if I were you, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that go back and almost pause and restart and rebuild because right now we all in the in the process of building relationships. And if you can survive and build great relationships right now, I firmly believe that we are gonna thrive um, as soon as we are coming out of it. So it's it's the mentality that will help. But I would think this is the time to bring in and be more courageous as you already are jumping in live stream uh, to say, you know what? We're gonna stop this and we're gonna restart and reevaluate because every, I, I remember Jay Bear saying uh, on one of the episodes is like, every touch point with our customer or future customer, either we are building the brand or we are crushing, in a negative way, the brand. You're losing it. So your customers may never come and tell you, the cadences they get, they might never tell you that, hey, I thought that was bad or I thought I was stone deaf, but when they go back to their happy hours and they go back in there and talking to their peers, they're gonna say that, hey, I really don't like the way they do business, so every touch point that you have with your customers actually you're building your brand or or, or shutting it down or, or crushing it in a negative way um yeah. all right we i know we're past time but i think there's uh one more. i don't know if maddie you can hear and we'll let you ask the right the last questions so if you're in um and if you can jump in just Thank go ahead and unmute. Uh. <laughs> yeah i think it says unmute uh there if you can hear us let us know if not i'm just going to continue to uh, finish with the 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 big um, ideas that I got out of it, and then we will meet again uh, tomorrow, uh, not later on this afternoon at noon. Uh, I'm doing another one with uh, a really really interesting on um, culture and culture mastery uh, around that. So we'll be doing that today at noon, and then every Monday and Wednesday we will just try to bring in amazing people like like Brooke and have these conversations. So big idea for me, and then I would love for you to share a challenge. Um, and as people are listening to this, um, I would love if you could. Just tag someone who you think we should interview on the show. Right? Just tag them, get to know me so, so, so I can reach out to them. A couple of big ideas and then, Brooke, share a challenge for everybody. Mm. Right now, pick up the phone and talk to people. Great point. I think everybody needs to be doing that. You have a phone. Your customer has a phone. If you think you're reaching out to them right now, they'll be okay because guess what? They expect they want that. They need that. I want that. It would really feel good if somebody reaches out to me and talks to me. Pick up the phone and call. Make sure that that's okay. Recognize the point that we're all facing this together, which means, and I love this point that you made, Brooke, which is that everybody is facing the same thing right now. All the way from the CEO of the company to maybe an intern at your organization, every single person is facing the same exact thing and they're figuring, trying to figure it out. So you're not alone. You just need to go in and just start having these conversations. And it's okay to, to, to feel like, hey, I don't know, but I'm going to try something and test something. And some of the examples, Brooke, you shared was great. And the last one, and there are a lot more, and we will record, we, the recording will also be on the Flip My podcast in a couple of days. So uh, just be on the lookout on that. The last thing is the the fact that you mentioned, embrace the chaos that's happening right now. I love that. I wrote it down. I double underlined that because I feel if you can embrace the chaos right now, just hold on to it and keep moving, sharing, be asking questions, jumping in, trying to figure out because we are in this together. And if you can embrace it, oh, my gosh, once you get out of it, can you imagine how much stronger and resilient you will be, your organization will be? It's going to be fantastic. Um, So with that, I'd love for you to share one challenge with everybody uh, listening to this.
2: Uh, I think one challenge kind of along those lines of everything that you just shared would be um, what three new things can you try this week that you've never done before? Love that. Action. Move. As much action as you can do is always going to work. So um, be bold, think bigger and figure out three new things that you can try that you've never done.
1: All right. And would you be open to tag both Brooke and I, if you do something like that, we would yeah. love, we would love to hear that from you. Are you open to that?
2: Absolutely. I would love that. Whether it worked or didn't, at least we tried yeah, yeah. it. didn't.
1: Care. So both of us are pretty active either on LinkedIn or, or Twitter. Just, just tag us, uh, tell us what you tried and it doesn't really matter. And if there's something we could do to help or I'm sure Brooke would be more than open to, and I would be to just share with thoughts, comments on it. So, We'll we'll love to do that. All right, folks, again, thank you so much for joining. I'm really excited to continue this series every Monday and Wednesday at 9 a.m. if you want to show up here. Uh, And later this afternoon at noon, uh, I'm going to be interviewing. uh, Let me just pull that up real quick. um, If you can see this, Uh, we're going to have Ginger and Ricardo uh, talking about culture, uh, culture and cultural things because Ginger was the SVP, former SVP of culture and communications at Southwest Airlines. And I wanted to just hear how do you build a great culture in these times? So we'll be doing that at noon. So over and out, Brooke, you're a rock
0: star. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Bye everyone.
0: Bye everybody. Thank you.